What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Disclaimer with Sergio Morales. I'm your host, Sergio Morales, and welcome to episode three. Today is August 16th, and it is hot. I am burning up right now. I am sweating. I am. I have probably lost about a pound or two today on just sitting in this room. And uh, But it's a beautiful day to podcast today. Very beautiful, you know? Just got done watching the Dodger game. That was great. Uh, it's been a hot week all week. Bunch of fires going around. Um, it's pretty bad. I mean, I don't know. I'm driving home, driving around West Covina, and I see a bunch of uh, smoke going around right now in the Zeusa Canyon area, Hacienda Heights. So it kind of sucks to see that in the area where I grew up around. But now I don't want to be too depressed. I just kind of want to bring it up. It's hot right now. That's the first thing on my mind. But um, hope everyone's been doing good. I, I know I didn't record last week. Uh, had some technical difficulties. Uh, I recorded the whole episode with my, with my buddy Chris, and my laptop's full of memory, so I couldn't export the audio. And I'm literally, you know, I record it and I edit it a little bit with my girlfriend, and I'm ready to post it. And I export it, and I can't hear any audio. I couldn't hear any audio from me first. And then I get a little frustrated, and I tell my girl to help me, and she does. And then uh, I upload it to the to our platform, and no audio on either part. And so I don't know what I don't know what I did. I played around with the computer a little bit, and I guess I just messed it up. So uh, episode three, which should have gone out last week, was postponed. So I'm doing episode three today. But um, I'm glad to be back. That whole little week off gave me anxiety. I was <laughs> I was just I don't have too many listeners right now, but you know just listening to podcasts throughout the whole week at work i was like man i really it sucks that i couldn't couldn't just keep continuously popping them out but but we're back i think i fixed it so back to the same routine you know doing sports once a week and uh, i'm i'm here by myself today i don't have chris for whatever uh he got busy today so i'm just doing a solo but um kind of just keep going with the the same trend i've been doing i'm talking dodgers right now that's the first thing I'll start off with most podcasts, just because um, you know we're we're pretty deep in the season now. We're about a third of the way done, and uh, this week we played against the Padres, and we split that series two two, and man, the Padres look good right now, guys. You know, I've I've been watching a lot of the games, and, and that's a pretty scary team. They still have a little bit of flaws in them. You know, their their bullpen isn't too good. Maybe the bottom of the order isn't as best as uh, as other teams, but Tati's junior, you know, you still got Manny. You got uh, Cronenworth's a pretty good first baseman. He plays the infield. He's pretty good. Uh, he's Tommy Fan. He's still uh, relatively good. And you, you got a couple good arms in the, in the in the starting rotation, like Chris Paddock. But um, I mean, they they gave us a pretty tough battle last time we played them last week. And then this time here, being at Dodger Stadium, I thought it was gonna be a different story, but nope, same thing. Monday we lost two to one, and. Uh, I, there wasn't too much takeaway from that game. I mean, it was just pretty frustrating. If a lot of you guys watched it, um, you know we we've been kind of struggling with with batting since before the beginning of this week. So it was just a bunch of the same stuff coming into Monday. Two one loss wasn't too bad. You know, it sucks to lose the Padre fans just because I, I I'm on Twitter a lot and they always seem to find their way around like Dodger posts 
and I don't get into it with them or anything like that. But it's kind of it's kind of annoying when you just have somebody who's poking at you after you just lost, and then I'm, I'm going to sleep, so I'm I'm there, and I'm reading all the comments, and I'm I'm just like, oh man, okay, pretty pretty bummer way to go to sleep, but whatever. And then Tuesday we lose six two, and then uh, that one was another frustrating game, but it's not as frustrating as the day before. Because the day before, I think we were winning. We were tied 1-1 for the most part. And then uh, I think it was the uh, Hosmer hits a single and he, he you know, he gives the Padres a lead. But game two against uh, against the Padres, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys saw that Manny Machado hit a grand slam off of us. And uh, I mean, that one stings a little bit more because of the fact that he used to play with us. And he made that comment last year saying that he's going to win a World Series before our team does. So obviously, you know, there's a little bit more, more feelings when when Machado had uh, he's doing good against this, but I mean, if you're down six six zero six one, however however we were most of that game, it's not it doesn't stink that bad. Everyone's gonna have their days. I mean, Ross Stripling was pitching that game, so he's our fit pitcher for the rotation, and he's he has his moments. He he's actually been pretty decent. I think he had two wins coming into that game, but I mean, a couple bad pitches and one one hit. Basically losses that game because we ended up losing six two, and you take away that one bad inning from from us and it's two two game. You know who knows how it would have ended, but comparing um, the first two games, the one big thing about it is that we only scored three runs, and like I said, I mean we've been our bats have been cold for a while and early this early this week and end of last week, so. Coming into Wednesday, we win six zero, and finally, you know, we we weren't we weren't doing what Dodgers usually do, you know, home runs here and there. It, it was actually a pretty crazy game to watch, um, you know, because you're gonna hear the word small ball being tossed around a lot. Maybe this season and that game for sure, you know. I think we had two bunts in one inning where we scored the runs, like Austin Barnes bunted, somebody else bunted in a run or something. And uh, you don't see bunts that often, if not just to like get a runner on on base and scoring position, or or just to get a, a batter who isn't isn't too hot get get his uh get the offense going. That's exactly what happened. Austin Barnes, you know, he's been struggling for the most part, and he goes in there and he bunts and he just uh I forgot the actual play, but he I think he scores a run bunting. I think that's what I think that's what happened. But um, you know, I, I, we're winning two zero for the most part. Fuck, I can't remember to be honest. I can't remember the full. I don't really. I didn't write it down too good like I usually do, like a full on script. But I wrote a couple notes here. Like Turner hit an eight, uh, eighth inning home run, and um, I think it was a three run home run. So that, well, yeah, we were up two zero for the most part. Belly hits a double, ground rule double, and then Turner comes in and he hits a uh, a three run home run. That's six zero game. But something that people don't really talk about. Or things that you don't really uh, hear too much from Dodger fans is uh, is just positives besides the home runs and the wins, right? Like Tony Gonzalez, he's been one of the uh, I, I've I've been keeping my eye on on Gonzalez. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have. You know, he was a guy last year that had the long hair and the mustache that always talked about cats. If you know him from anything else, it's probably because of that. But um, he's been coming into pitch um, in certain situations like that game. He pitched for. Um, I think he pitched for, I think that was a game that he pitched for Urias. I think Urias had a birthday that week, that day, and he came in to pitch to give Urias a day off for the next game. 
And, uh, I mean, he goes in, he gets a career high eight strikes. So, him and Dustin may have been the two. Uh, they're not rookies. I think last season was a rookie year. Or, actually, I think this might be Dustin May's rookie year for sure. Um, but, I mean, they've been they've been making their name, and they've been stating that they want to be in that starting rotation come postseason. And after the day before where you have Ross Stripling struggling, and then Tony Gonson goes in there and he does good, guys like uh, Alex Wood and uh, Ross Stripling, they're fighting for that starting rotation. I know they're veterans, and, you know, people are going to probably go out there and say, oh, well, you probably need two lefty pitchers. Or, I mean, you have that with Urias and uh and kershaw so i mean do you really need alex wood to be in there and i mean he struggled that first game if you guys remember he struggled so gonzalin and may bueller kershaw arias i mean those those are three five pretty good starting pitchers right there. Well, at least for now from what we see and then thursday thursday was that game where we won 11-2 that's that's more like a dodger feeling right there that one we won six we scored six home runs and uh, the big talk of that that day, in fact, this whole week has been Mookie Betts scoring his uh, three home runs that game, and his sixth time doing that in his career. So, and not only is it crazy because this guy has done it six times to score three home runs in one game, um, but it's just the fact that he's the youngest to do it. I think the next guy who is close to him that did it a while ago was Sammy Sosa, but Sammy was like thirty three. So a 27-year-old dude, and he's done it six times in his career already. I mean, it, and this is just year one of his 12 more years of this for, for Mookie. You know, um, somebody made a pretty funny comment on uh, on on Twitter because, you know, Manny just hit that, that grand slam on us on Tuesday, and Padre fans were finally happy because they could boast about something about Manny Machado for the first time in his first two years. And uh, somebody commented, they're saying that we're going to see Mookie Betts run past Manny Machado at third base for the next 12 years. And I thought that was just perfect. You know, he went 4 for 4 that game. And uh, that's another little stat that people kind of just uh, forget about. He went 4 for 4 that game. So three home runs. I don't know how many Howard BIs he had. I should have researched that. But yeah, I mean, that was uh, watching that. I didn't even watch that game. I was freaking. I was watching. Uh, what was I watching with my girlfriend? We're watching. Uh, Married at first sight, and I gave up watching the, the Dodger. People are probably gonna make fun of me for this if you hear this. Uh, comment on my Instagram if you hear this and make fun of me for watching Married at first sight over the Dodger game on Thursday. But um, I mean, when you, I kept getting notifications, notifications that home runs were happening, and I was like, dude, I'm fuck this. I'm watching the the game, and then I, I got to see his last, his third home run. So I'm 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 happy at least I got to see the third one. But yeah, that was a typical Dodger game right there, right? Home runs. Scoring runs and uh, at least our bullpen didn't uh, didn't disappoint. <laughs> we didn't give up that lead. Uh, going into Friday, the weekend series, we go up against the Angels. And last season, I think we lost both series against the Angels. I mean, they had our number last year. So going into this one, I was um, I was a little bit more scared. I mean, they're not as good. they're not record showing. They're not as good, but. They were like two home runs behind us as far as uh, overall team home runs. So they've been scoring a lot of their runs with home runs. And then you got guys like Trout. You got guys like Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani. You got guys who are good hitters like David Fletcher and uh, Tommy Lastella. You know, the team's good on paper. Maybe the record's not that good, but on paper it's been um, they're, – they're a scary team. And Friday, I mean, we made pretty good work out of them. Uh 
Kershaw threw seven good innings and Cody Homer twice. So it's just a good, you know, it's, it's that that feeling where um you want the same guys to kind of keep coming up and showing up, right? Mookie and Seager and Pollock. These guys have been hot. And you want them to keep being hot. But then when you got guys like Cody Bellinger could take over. You just had Mookie Betts score three home runs the day before. And then Cody comes in there and he's he scores two home runs. So in the back of your head, it's just like, all right, cool. Like, it seems scary if these guys could heat up at random times. I mean, we got the two former MVPs. I think they said it was a, it was a funny stat this game, actually. There was five former MVPs on the field. And you had Trout. You had Cody. Mookie. Kershaw and oh, who's the other guy? Kershaw, I can't remember. But I think there was like five. There was like five former MVPs on the field that day. I can't remember the fifth one. Pujols. Oh yeah, Pujols batted. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. That was a pretty fun little stat right there. Um, Saturday's game. Kind of just running through all these again real quick. Um, I was watching. I was watching that at my buddy Dom's house, and you know it was it was pretty. It was, it was kind of a boring game because we. We stayed watching it the whole time, but it was like background noise while we were just chilling. And uh, I thought we were going to lose it. You know, we were, we were we were winning for the most part, and then they had an inning where they scored on us. And uh, we're down 4-5. And here comes again Mookie. Mookie's our savior, man. He's so clutch. He hits a home run in the seventh inning, and the game's tied 5-5, and we go to extra innings. And, you know, beginning of extra innings, I, for, I totally forgot that you have a runner in second. And luckily, our guy in second was Chris Taylor, who had struck out the top of the ninth. So, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, all we need is just a single. Just give us a single. I think Max Muncy was. Yeah, it was Muncy. Muncy was at, uh, at the plate. And I'm like, all right, Max could get us a hit. He's been kind of cold, but um, this series, he kind of picked it up a little bit. And uh, what ends up happening is CT3, he steals third. And... It's crazy to watch. It's like, oh shit! Like, okay, he stole third. Now all we need is just a sack fly. Right? That's all we need, just to get one run. And sure enough, you know, it's the first one that's ever happened. A sacrifice, sack fly. Oh, it's a sack fly to win the game. It's the first time that an extra inning that that's happened. So it was the combination of CT three stealing third and Max Muncy flying out. You know, so a one run lead. You're just thinking, okay. Who's coming up to bat? I mean, who's coming up to pitch? I think it's, I think it was Kenley. I think he came in. I'm not sure if it was him or somebody else came in, and then Kenley came to finish the job. But I think he gets this. He gets two outs, and then uh, Mike Trout's up. So I mean, the same thing you're thinking already. Oh man, okay. If Kenley reforms back to the way he was last season, we lost his game. Trout's gonna come up, and I think there was a runner on base. I can't remember. Um, he, he's either gonna tie or he's gonna win the game. But no, he freaking struck him out on three pitches. And me and my buddy were talking about it, and we're just like, dang. Like, those pitches were, were high, and they were in, but the the umpire gave it to them. So they looked like strikes. I mean, the the catcher did a good job, too, in placing them for the umpire to see. But, um, yeah, man, Kelly's been good. He had that he had that game, I think, earlier in the week where bases were loaded. He came in, and he finished a job. Like, he got three outs, and then he came in to finish the game the other day against the uh, the uh the angels too so he's been doing good i mean he's he's it's only small sample sizes but i mean in in clutch situations like that i mean kenley's been he's been he's been great uh hopefully he stays the same and hopefully he like he gets better he's been dominant you know but there's always room to to improve as far as um just continuing to show that that he's the same kenley that he was 
Uh, today's game, you know, we won 8-3. Uh, Kyrie Ruiz got called up because uh, our catcher, uh, Will Smith, has been... He's been hurt since uh, since that first Padre series. So he got, you know... put. I, I say you know a lot. I gotta stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> Will Smith, he, got, he gets... Uh, Called down, and then they call up Kybert Ruiz. So his first at bat, he gets a home run. I think it was three pitches in, and uh, I got you know I I, I get these little notifications on my phone from uh from the MLB app. So same thing. I was watching something with my girlfriend. And I don't know, what was I doing? We're watching something on Netflix, and I was all right. I'm, I'm I gotta watch the game. I gotta see what's going on. And we won eight three. You know, same thing. I said you know again. Um. I wonder, I wonder how many times I see you know in a podcast. Um, I got to stop doing that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good game. I mean, uh, I, I think we're done with, with Dodgers talk. We went, we ended up going 5-2 and two this series. So, that's good, man. We're, we're, we're dominating. We're, we're going back into that form. We're, we're playing the, the Mariners for two games here in Dodgers Stadium. And they were going to two games over there. And um, I think I think we win four more games. I, we could finally kind of like really get away from. Uh, if we win those four more games against the Mariners, who have been trash. We're gonna be twenty and seven. So twenty seven games into a forty game, uh, sixty game season. That's that's looking pretty good. Uh, we're almost halfway done. Damn, it's crazy to say. Four these four more games in and with the Mariners, and we're almost halfway done with the season. And the bats are are they're coming hot. The pitching staying good. I think if anything, if anything really nitpicky is, is that our starters are, are like Bueller started off really bad in the beginning, but there was already reports about him being sluggish in the put in the uh, off season. So, like I'm not surprised that he's struggling. He he could pick up his form. He's it, it looks like he's the uh, like Dave Roberts has been putting him out there for longer. Like he threw almost a hundred. If if he didn't throw hundred pitches, he threw almost hundred pitches. Him and Kershaw, they they both threw a lot of pitches his last um, two starts. And um, that's probably the only thing I think I think we could really improve on is um is like maybe another starting pitcher, but that's just being nitpicky. I think this team alone could. You have your doubts here and there, but I think they can win the World Series. Maybe I'm just a Dodger fan that's being biased, but I mean most of us could agree. I mean most of us if listen if listening to this probably are Dodger fans. Um, and if you're not, please comment on my Instagram that you're not a Dodger fan. I, I want to get that. I want to get more. Um, I want I want to get more listeners to uh. To let me know that they're listening and kind of you know just be more um more involved, um. So yeah, that's that's the Dodger talk right there. A little weekly rundown. Let's see how many minutes? Oh, that was only twenty minutes. All right, not too bad. Um. Let's see what else I gotta talk to you guys about. Oh, the MLB suspension on a. You know, me and Chris talked about it last week a lot. We didn't go too into depth with it, but um, we talked about. Uh, Loriano being suspended. Actually, no, we didn't even talk about it. Uh, well, we talked about the, the the brawl that happened between the A's and the Astros, and MLB came down with their with their suspensions. And uh, the Astros hitting coach Alex Clintron he got suspended twenty games. That's what most of us, a lot of people, expected a full season suspension, and then they expected for the Astros to fire him. But I mean, the way it's been going, twenty games is just to forget about this whole situation, right? I mean, I'm not trying to say that the Astros, you know, forget about it and uh, they're move on, but it's like 20 games is is bad enough. They're not going to fire their their hitting coach. I mean, we've. I'm mean, actually. I'm a little surprised they didn't. I'm a little surprised they did. Um, 
didn't because uh, I mean they fired the the general manager and the and the coach last season. So I'm surprised they didn't just keep that trend going and 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 punish the the coaches instead of the players. But all right, 20 games that's whatever's for him. Uh, Loriano got suspended. Ramon Loriano got suspended six games, but it was reduced to four games after he appealed it. So people were already upset that he got suspended six games. And uh, Joe Kelly got suspended eight games. And then once he appealed it, they brought it back two games down and he got four games. Well, Joe Kelly, after about two weeks, or man, it's been a while actually since that happened. But finally, Joe Kelly, he, uh, you know, the verdict came out with his appeal. And his game got, his games got reduced from six games, from eight games to six. So I don't want to talk about it too much because, I mean, I think everyone's already said it. But Joe Kelly got suspended more games for... Like, for missing somebody and for just making a face at a player. And the player got his feelings hurt, made a big old fiasco. He got suspended eight games for that. While another player who got told something from, you know, whether it was the uh, the Astros bench coach or not. I mean, that's the second time that uh, the coaches have been, insin- uh, have been, like, insinuating disaster too. Dusty Baker was talking shit to Joe Kelly when he was walking back to the mound. And now this guy, Alex Clinton, he talks back to a guy walking to first. Whether whether these whether the players are are instigating or not, like yeah, okay, yeah, Ramon Loriano was was trying to show the pitcher how to throw a slider or a curveball. And okay, these Astros, these Astros, and it's only we're only like we're not even we're only a third of the way done, and these players are already like it's getting to them. Altuve struggling so bad, and Springer's still he's still struggling. And, you know, the pitching's not there. Any little thing that it just bothers them, they, they blow up. The guy's, the guy's making comments because he got hit, I think, three times this series, A's against the, the Astros. He got, hit, he got hit by a pitch three times, two times this game. So he got hit twice. And, I mean, how could you not be frustrated? You're getting hit. Whether, it's, whether you're, you're, you're being a dick or not, like, he, he's just, he's not doing anything bad. The Astros took it the wrong way. And then, yeah, Ramon Loriano, he rushed them. But the guy's... Alex Clinton's literally telling him, come on, come at me. And so 20 games for him is whatever. I mean, he should have got to spend the rest of the season, let's be honest. He's going to come back in a couple games, and and people are going to forget about it. But it's, it's not going to stop for the Astros. If, the, if it's already this bad within the first third of the season, it's only going to get worse once we get close to the playoffs and when the playoffs actually happen. But all right, that's enough baseball. I'm, I'm done with baseball for the rest of the day. Actually, am I? looking at my notes yeah that was it that's it for baseball today but um yeah if you guys want to hear me talk about anything else besides dodgers let me know i i just watch dodger games when it comes to baseball i mean me and my other me and chris actually we we uh we share the mlb tv app so we could watch any other games but um me and him talked about it actually doing like a little live stream if you guys like that let me know maybe uh one of these dodger games will 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 live stream on uh on instagram and we could talk to people um, so yeah, let me know uh, when I put some stuff on on my Instagram for for promos. Uh, let's talk about NBA. The uh, the season just ended, and I, you know I spoke about it a little bit last week when we we're talking about the uh, the uh, schedule for August and uh, the playing games. I guess that's just um, it, it ended up being the the two lower seeded uh, West teams, the Portland Blazers and the. Memphis Grizzlies ended up playing, and the whole thing was if 
if Portland won one game, they made the playoffs. But the Grizzlies had to win two in a row to make the playoffs. So I mean, I didn't go into too much into depth about it. I kind of just, I kind of just saw the the stat. The Blazers won yesterday. I guess they barely won. But uh, the big news about them was last week after the whole um, after the whole thing, the PG thirteen and Patrick Beverly talking smack to Dame Lillard. I mean, he went off and he ended up pushing his team to the playoffs. Him and and CJ McCollum too. It's not just Damian Lillard. I mean, the whole team is it's a unit. You know, Carmelo Anthony, Nurkic. Uh, they still have Hassan Whiteside. The, the team's good. Yeah, but, I mean, Lillard just shows up at, at at clutch moments. You know, he scores 100 and something points in, within two games. And he's he's probably going to win the uh, the NBA bubble uh, award for MVP or whatever. You know, whatever the case is, he's been beast. So, I talked about... My my prediction for who's gonna win my first episode, but now that I've seen the the you know now that I've seen this whole um, season unfold and all that, um, I decided maybe I would I was gonna kind of run it back and and every week I was gonna go through the playoffs and see who who I think is gonna win each first round uh, matchup. I'll kind of give you my little prediction, a little run by, quick little thoughts. Not I'm not gonna stick. Uh, around too long in this one but uh so in the west the first first seeded lakers play against the number eight seed blazers so i got lakers winning that one four to two uh i mean yeah you, you got playoff lebron and anthony davis the lakers didn't look too hot this in the bubble but lebron james is a different animal in the playoffs i mean so is damian lillard and they're playing against a hot team but Lakers overall, they're the favorites, and like I said, I mean the Portland Blazers have a pretty good team to match up against the 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 Lakers. They have two big names. You have a pretty good um, partnership between uh, Lillard and McCollum, but it doesn't compare to LeBron and AD. So I got I got the Lakers winning four, and I still I, I got the Blazers winning like two games on that one. They're not gonna go. They're not gonna get swept. Um, number four, the Rockets against the number five seeded Thunder. Um, I got the Rockets winning that one four to one. It's gonna be a little bit tougher because uh, what Westbrook's gonna miss a couple of the first couple games, so it's gonna be fun to watch. So you got, I kind of was wondering why people were talking so much um, hype about it, but I forgot that Chris Paul was traded to the Thunder for Westbrook. So well, Chris Paul made really good. I can't believe their fifth seed. He did a really good job with that team. It's on paper, it's probably not. You don't see a lot of big names in there besides Chris Paul, but I mean, he's he he's money everywhere he goes. Whether it's with the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Rockets, the, the Thunder. Now, this guy's a, he's I mean, people may not like him, but I mean, he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, and he's just he's a, he's a clutch point guard. But I still got the Rockets winning four to one. You know, if if. I don't know if Westbrook's going to miss the whole... If he misses the entire series, it could be a little bit closer, but I don't, I don't see the, the Thunder winning the Rockets on this one. The number three seed Nuggets against the number six seed Jazz. The Nuggets are playing pretty good. I mean, they're the number three seed. They've been the top three or four seeded team in the West in the last couple of years, and you got a skinny, healthy Jokic. You got Michael Porter Jr., who's been playing beast this whole bubble. You got guys like um, Jamal Murray and... Well, so you got, I mean, you got a couple guys. Gary Harris, I think. I don't know if he's fully healthy or not, but I think he's um he's pretty he's a pretty good shooting guard for the team. And the Jazz, I mean, they have 
their team's there. They have a pretty good team too, with Conley and and Gobert and uh, Spider Mitchell, but the series is gonna, I think it's gonna go into a, a seven games and the Nuggets are gonna win it in four. Uh, I'm sorry, four to three, and the last the first round uh, games for the West, you got the Los Angeles Clippers against the Mavericks, and you guys all know I'm a Mavericks fan. But even I don't think they're going to beat this Clippers team. I said in the beginning that I thought they were going to win the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Mavericks have a chance to give them a good battle. And that, like I was saying earlier, the NBA first team bubble versus, and then they had a NBA uh, second team bubble. Luca made the first team and Kristaps made the second team. But I think the whole, the whole, like their entire eight games in the bubble, they only won like two games. And I mean, they beat the Bucks, but they lost to teams like the Suns. And they lost to, like, the Lakers and the Clippers. And it's... The Mavericks haven't been... They're missing one piece. You know, I'll say that. I, I think they're missing one, like, one key piece of that team. Maybe, like, a shooting... A small forward that plays defense and a, and can shoot the three like every other team needs, right? But they just need one more piece in that team. And I think maybe next year and two years they could definitely be contending. But I, I think the Clippers win it in four... In, uh, in six games. So they win four to two. And then going to the East, uh, the Bucks against the Magic. Uh, Bucks in five. I, I got them winning in, in five games, four to one. The Magic, off the top of my head right now, I can't really. I'm surprised they made the eight seed, to be honest. Um, but the, the East is always trash. I'm, who, who do they have? Fucking uh, Vucevic. Do they still have Aaron Gordon? Yeah. I mean, no, there's not much to say. Bucks are going to win that one. Uh, the Pacers and the Heat. The Pacers are ranked four, and the Heat are in fifth. I actually had the Heat winning at first, but I mean, if TJ Warren could stay hot like he was, I I can't give it to anybody else besides the Pacers. This this guy he went into full um, MJ mode, and I haven't really been watching too many other games, but I got the Pacers winning four to three. You know, they they still have a good team with uh, Miles Turner, and. You got guys like uh, Victor Oladipo and TJ Warren. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won, but I, I got the Pacers on that one. And then the the I think it's one of the top two matchups in the first round is Celtics versus the 76ers. Man, what a downfall the 76ers have had. They went from, like, like the future was here with Ben Simmons and – Joel Embiid, you know, they had Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick. They had a beast team last year, and then now they're they're ranked in the in sixth seed. And Joel Embiid staying healthy, he could dominate games, but he hasn't shown it in the playoffs too much that he's that, that dominant center like he says he is. And, I mean, the Celtics just have a healthier team, and the, I like the way they play that small ball a little bit more. So I, I got the Celtics winning. I think it'll be a close one just because the two teams are – they're they're not matched evenly, but I think there's like, there's like a little small rivalry there between the 76ers and the Celtics. So I got the Celtics winning that one in seven, the four to three, and then the the last game of the East is the number two Raptors against the number seven Nets, and that one I got the Raptors just sweeping them. You know, obviously Kawhi Leonard wasn't the only piece of that team that made it a championship team last year. You, know, you take away Kawhi and they're still the number two seed. They're still dominating games. Last week I talked about it with Chris. I was mentioning that the Lakers haven't beat the Raptors in a game since like 2014 or 2016 when Kobe was still there. 
So it's like kind of a little random stat, but I mean, you kind of forget how good this team is. And that stat that I just said, that they, the Lakers haven't beat them since 2014 or 2016, that's including with LeBron James this season. Like, the Raptors swept them this season. So I said it was going to be Clippers and Bucks, but another matchup that you could see could potentially be the Lakers and the and the Raptors. And with that stat out there and the fact that they got swept this year by the, by the Raptors, I mean, don't count the Raptors out as being uh, back-to-back champs this year. I find it a little unlikely. I think there's teams out there that um that are obviously a little bit better, but I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, so, so the West and the East semifinals, we got Lakers versus Rockets, Nuggets versus Clippers. You got the Bucks versus Pacers, and you got the Celtics versus Raptors. Those are my predictions. I'm saving this, so uh, you guys talk smack to me next week if I'm completely off or if I'm right, you know? Oh, I said it again. I said you know again. Uh, all right, let's talk about. I think I thought I have it for basketball this week. Uh, let's talk about football. And uh, there's not too much football to talk about right now. I've been kind of struggling a little bit to try to see what um what I could talk about. And a lot of it's either drama or or COVID or uh, hard knocks is starting up. But uh, me and my my friends Chris and Nate, we might do a little uh, episode rewatch on hard knocks. Uh, we're still kind of trying to work out the kinks on that one. Um, but definitely listen to us on, on, I think we'll probably be on his channel. If we start doing that soon. It's uh space Kaiju production productions. So give him a follow on, on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, you can check him out on Spotify and other, uh, podcast platforms, the Nathan Scott show. So a little shout out to Nate. Definitely. If you guys like, um, hearing podcasts, give him a try. And uh, he's one of my good buddies. He's actually one of the reasons why I started podcasting. You know, I, I saw how he did it, and uh, that's why I, talk, I told myself, I'm like, man, if it's people could do it, you know, he does it, he makes it look easy, and that's why I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, last week I, I worked with Chris, and you know, I find it a little bit easier to work with somebody else, but definitely, if uh, if anybody wants to go do a podcast, Nate's good help to ask questions. You could always ask me too, and uh. There you go. And speaking of Nate, it's actually a pretty good transition. Um, I want to talk about Alex Smith. And uh, my buddy Nate's a good, uh, he's a big Washington football team fan. I say Washington football team now because the Redskins obviously changed their name. But uh, he's a big Redskins fan, you know. I joke around with him a lot about it. Um, but, you know, he has a big passion for that team. And I, I, I thought it'd be fun to kind of just talk about Alex Smith because it's, it's a good feel, it's a feel-good story that he's... um. Since 2018, on November 2018th against the Houston Astros, he broke his tibia and his fibula on his right leg. Uh, defensive end J.J. Watt did a sack, and he wrapped around him and basically broke his leg. So it sucks to see because Alex Smith, he, he's a journeyman. I mean, this guy, he he doesn't get the respect that he deserves, I think. He was drafted first overall by the uh, 49ers in 05. So he has a lot of hype behind him, and maybe he didn't live up to the full hype like everyone expected. Um, you can't really blame first rounders when they don't live up to their to their full potential because I feel like those that that team he's going to has issues, right? Like the Bengals, right? Let's let's say the Bengals. You draft Joe Burrow, and that team they didn't make any Dalton into a playoff winning quarterback. So now you're expecting this undefeated guy, Joe Burrow from LSU, smoking cigars, you know winning championships and he's never lost a game in I don't know how many years or, or ever 
and you put him into an organization that I think went 0-16 last season. They might have won a game. I can't remember. Is that, is that guy still on top of the roof? That, <laughs> that guy who said that he wouldn't get off, off of his, uh, his company roof until the Bengals won a game. Are the Bengals 0-16? Hold on. I'm just looking it up real quick. I don't know if I know. I'm going to get the result right here. Okay, I don't know. But um, they signed, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going off topic here. Basically, what I'm saying is that you can't expect too much from a first-round quarterback. I think people's expectations are way too high. They, We've seen it happen so many times that first-round quarterbacks, first-overall quarterbacks, they don't live up to the hype. Sam Bradford, Jamarcus Russell. Alex Smith has been... In a way, an exception. He's he's a steady quarterback, right? He made he only lost his job because he well he lost his job to uh, Colin Kaepernick, who's just he was on fire his first couple years. He goes to um, Kansas City and he he makes a playoff team out of that out of that team, and now he's with the uh, Washington and he had a pretty decent season last season. You know, um, <laughs> I said it again. <laughs> God dang it. Uh, he, I, he's he's not the best quarterback out there for sure, but he has pretty decent numbers, you know, and um, and postseason career too. He maybe he's not the best. He he he's only played in seven games, and uh, I don't think he's won any of them. Oh shit, I don't think he's won any postseason games. But I'm not trying to come on here and, and bash the guy. I mean, he had 17 surgeries because of his uh of an, an infection after surgery. So, he's been through a lot, you know? And since Saturday, it has been announced that he is cleared for football activity. So, he's finally going to get paid. He's back on the roster. He's back with the team. And, um, I don't know, like, Washington fans, hit me up and let me know. What do you guys, Are you guys happy that Smith is back? What do you guys expect? Are, do you think he's your backup? Is he going to be your starter? I, I personally don't think he's going to be starter. You have a young guy like Dwayne Hassian, so you need to develop. You know, obviously, you 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 didn't go the Arizona Cardinals route where they drafted a quarterback with the first pick or the first round, and then they drafted a, the number one overall pick last year, right? Um, you know, you didn't go that route. You you, you picked up a, the stud defensive endman, and now you have Alex Smith who could teach Dwayne Haskins a thing or two. Because I mean, I'm looking at his 2018 numbers before he went down, and uh, I kind of did the math. And I kind of I ranked them where he would have ranked at the end of the year if if his numbers averaged the same way like he was doing right. I mean, at pass attempts he would have averaged 525, which would have ranked him 14th. And passes completed he would have had 328, which would have ranked him 17th. In yards he would have had 3,488, which would have ranked him at 18th. In touchdowns he would have only had 16, which would have ranked him at 27th. And in interceptions he would have had eight, which would have ranked him at 27th. And you I know mean, some other little stats that I wrote was uh, he had six, uh, he would have had sixty six rushing attempts with two hundred and sixty nine rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns so eighteen touchdowns in a year from a team that I mean you can't really and I'm sorry Nate I'm saying this but I mean a team that you don't really expect too much from right Washington's been struggling for a couple years and um, I actually think they had a pretty decent record no actually never mind I'm sorry actually I think they were they I think they were doing pretty decently. Um, before his injury went went on, and uh, you you're not gonna come back the same way after breaking your leg like he did, man. I, the fact that he's gonna be back on the field is it's it's a miracle, and it's it's a feel good story. But you have your veteran quarterback that has to teach 
a, a you have a pretty decent quarterback that uh that could teach your your rookie and give him one more season. Basically, in my opinion, I think you give Dwayne Haskins one more season before you, you kind of just pull the trigger and, and give up on him. And I know people are gonna say that oh you can't you you got to develop your players. You got to see what they're what they're worth. But in a in a league like this where one bad season could ruin you, and it, we know we've, we've seen it with running backs and wide receivers and. And tight ends and everything, right? Everything has you could have one bad season and, and your career is over, or you know you, you could have one bad season and it could get to you and then and then you're just a backup for the rest of your life. So Washington wants to win, every, like everybody wants to win, right? And you're in a division where you you could win. The Cowboys and the Eagles, they're probably not the the hardest ones to face up against. You, you have the Giants, who you're basically right now battling for fourth in that division. So um. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to say that he's a he's a feel good story. I'm rooting for him, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we'll see what Washington decides to do with that whole quarterback situation. And um, there's a situation with quarterbacks in Washington, but let's talk about the tight ends making history. You know, you have George Kittle who just signed a uh, five year extension worth seventy five million, and um, literally like. A couple hours or a couple minutes after that, Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs, he signs a four-year $57.25 million extension with the Chiefs. So back-to-back, the number one and number two ranked tight ends got paid. And extensions, they're staying with their teams for the next five and four years. Um, So that's fun to watch, man. I I like the tight end position. I think tight ends are... are, um, I play a lot of fantasy, so maybe for fantasy purposes, they're not the best. But I think guys like Kelsey and Kittle and Ertz and Darren Waller, like you, these guys that are big guys, but they're receivers. I mean, they they their offense rolls around these guys sometimes, you know. And it's good to finally see two guys get paid. Um, I kind of want to just break down some numbers in the last two seasons and kind of see. I mean, you got the number one and number two receiver for your, for sure, hands down. Um, in the last two years, Travis Kelsey, he's played thirty two games, and. He's had uh, 286 targets, 200 receiving receptions, 2,565 receiving yards, 15 total touchdowns, and he had a catch percentage of 70%. And then George Kittle, he's played in um, 30 games, 243 targets, 173 receptions, 2,430 yards, 10 touchdowns, and a catch percentage of 72%. So, arguably the two best tight ends. Actually, there is no argument there. I, for sure, you, the numbers speak alone. And, I mean, just the production value on the field speaks. But the one thing, and um, I want to bring it up just because people who don't really um, know about football besides just the stats and what's out there, there's more behind these players than just, uh, and this is mostly for fantasy kind of outlook that I'm saying here. But George Kittle, he dislocated his shoulder last season. And I heard that he didn't go through with the surgery after he dislocated his shoulder. So he's walking into 2020, a shortened season with not too much camp, you know, maybe not too much training except for maybe the, the only off training he does by himself on, off in, the, in the off season. Um, he's walking in with the dislocated shoulder, shoulder that he didn't take care of. And the percentage of somebody to re-injure that shoulder, it, um, re-dislocating is 50%. There's a 50% chance that George Kittle might re-injure that shoulder because he didn't take care of it in the offseason. And you just paid him for five years, $75 million extension. 
and he's gonna go out on the field. And he's gonna he potentially could re-injure that that shoulder. I mean, it's fifty fifty. It's it's not like it's like a ten percent chance. It's a fifty fifty chance that he's gonna hit the ground hard when he's playing somewhere in December in the cold. You know, and uh, he I mean he plays Seattle twice a year. He plays Arizona twice a year. He plays LA twice a year. He he could re-injure that shoulder almost. Man, I'm I'm almost I don't I don't it sounds kind of fucked up to say that I'm predicting a, an injury, but fifty percent is pretty high, and in a sport like football, that should skyrocket a lot higher. So he's four years younger than Kelsey, and um, I think my question was going to be like, do you think Kittle deserves to be the highest paid tight end? And obviously, because of his age and production, you would say yeah. Those numbers that I shot out, they're they're fun little numbers to look at, and they're not as good as. They're almost as good as Kelsey's. Kelsey's a little bit better with those 15 touchdowns, more receiving yards, more reception, more targets. The catch percentage is there at the 70s, but um, it's just that injury, man, that that I don't know how this team didn't tell him to go take care of himself. Take away one year and pay the man. I mean, he, he earns it. He took your team to the Super Bowl, but why not just let him recuperate himself for one season or for a couple games in the season, take care of that shoulder, and then come back 100% midseason or next season. But yeah, that's not what they did, and they paid him. And now he's saying he made a comment on a on a post saying that you know he finally he's happy that he made that money, that he's making that money for um for his family. So I don't know. For me, it's kind of like okay, you you got the money, and now you're you're not gonna go hundred percent like you've been doing. I I don't think that's George Kittle. He's a pretty fun guy. Uh, he he reminds me a lot of like Gronk. Maybe not as crazy, but he reminds me a little bit of Gronk. Um. So we'll see. It's uh, it to be fun to watch him for five more years at least. If fuck, I sound fucked up. If he plays for five more years, and um, let's talk about a fun little uh note and stat that I like to always look up is um, just like little trends in football or in any other sport, right? And there's one that's been going on since 1990, and that is that at least four teams that didn't make playoffs make it the next year. So I actually played this game with Chris last last week, but uh, because of the audio um, boo boo, um, it, people didn't get to hear it. So I kind of want to just run by it again and just give my take on it. I I can't really remember his too much, but um, I'll kind of give you guys a, a list of who didn't make playoffs last season, and uh, you guys should hit me up on on Instagram on my post and let me know what you guys think. What are the four teams that potentially could make the playoffs this season if the trend continues? So I'll, I'll kind of run them all by. The teams that didn't make playoffs last season were the Jets, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Rams, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Buccaneers, the Steelers, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Lions, Washington, the Colts, and the Bears. So absorbing all that information, it kind of like... You kind of start thinking, all right, well, on paper, these teams, they sound good. They sound right. But then I kind of thought about it more, and I, I kind of realized that um, when you take a team, when you put a team in, you got to take a team out, right? So um, it, it's kind of hard because now you're, th- now you're thinking, um, all right, well, which team is going to be good this season, but which team, which team is going to digress the next season? And... Um, so it, it made the it made the thought process a little bit harder because you can't just put a team in and and then realize oh shit well that means this team's gonna be eliminated and um, the teams that made the playoffs last season are Seattle, 
Philadelphia, the Eagles, uh, the Vikings, the Saints. That was the NFC. And then the the Packers and the 49ers, they made the bye. So you have those six teams on the, on the NFC. And the AFC, you have the, Patri- uh, the Titans, Patriots, Bills, Texans, and then Chiefs and Baltimore. They, uh, they got the bye weeks. So taking that into consideration, I mean, uh, let me just kind of start off the bat. I'll, t- I'll take four teams away first before I say the four teams that might make it. Let's see. I'll take away Green Bay. Uh, you didn't help out Rodgers, and you didn't get him any more wide receivers. And, I mean, he's ranked really low when I see him as far as, like, quarterback production. So with those two things, I'll take Rodgers out, and uh, I'll take Philly out too. So taking away Rodgers and taking away Philly. That means I'll take I'll put Minnesota for the NFC North to win it, and uh, doing that I'll add from the I'll I'll do two from the NFC. Watch, I'll do from the NFC. I could see the Cardinals. I mean, I think the Cardinals got a lot of hype like the Browns did last season. You know, I think they um. I think that they added a one of the best wide receivers. A young quarterback after his rookie season that he did pretty good showing himself. A young coach. Um, you know, you have so much, so many comparisons between these two teams. And uh, the only thing about the Cardinals that I feel is I have a little bit more faith in Kyler Murray than I did with Baker. I like Baker, but it was something about him doing commercials and, and, and being dramatic and stuff that I was kind of like, oh, okay, you reminded me a little bit too much of Manziel. And with Murray, he kind of gives me that, like, that Russell Wilson vibe. And so, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is a better receiver, too. And uh, I think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury has been doing a good job with the team so far. He, he has his, uh, his, his rookie. He, he added a, uh, a good rookie linebacker in Isaiah Simmons. And, um, yeah, Kenyon Drake was a beast last season for running in the running back position. It, the team's good. I think the team's there. And um, they have a chance at making the playoffs and uh, as a wild card for sure. And um, another team for the NFC, I'm going to go Cowboys. You eliminate the Eagles, and I think this is a Cowboys season. So I bumped them up. Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, those three names alone, I mean, that's the offense right there. And then the defense got a little bit better, a lot better. You had Gerald McCoy, Everson Griffin was signed this week, Demarcus Lawrence, and um, there's somebody else. Like I forgot the other guy. But, I mean, you have a, a really good uh defensive team and the o-line is still good it's in the division that you play with with washington the giants and a eagles team that hasn't really been too good with the uh, with carson wentz as a quarterback and there's there's always there's always potential and i think this is a cowboy season to to come back to playoffs but a lot of people probably won't like that but i mean let's be real <laughs> uh let's see in the afc i'm um, taking away uh, let's take away Tennessee for sure. I think Tennessee had a nice little Cinderella story last season. I'll take away Tennessee and um. Hmm, do I see anybody else leaving this right here? No, I think actually. I think I think the AFC. If you just take away Tennessee, I could probably put the Colts there. Um, as a wild card because you're adding veteran quarterback Philip Rivers, and uh. Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack in your backfield. You have one of the best offensive lines. I think you can say Phillip Rivers struggled a lot last season because of um because of the offensive line. Uh, you know, it, a lot of it has to do with Rivers. He gave up a lot of uh, 
interceptions and uh, the backfield wasn't there with Melvin Gordon. He wasn't the the running back that we all expected to be. But you put him, you put him with the the number one or one of the top three offensive line out there. Decent receivers, two young running backs that could that could uh, open up the field, and a veteran quarterback. I think you have, and especially playing in a dome, I people kind of uh, forget about that that. These older quarterbacks, when you put them in an enclosed arena or you put them out like to play in the cold, like in Chicago or Green Bay, like, it gets to them. Their body doesn't take that hit and sacks anymore. So offensive, lineman that could, offensive line that could save you, playing in a dome, playing in a division that you're playing the, the Jaguars, the Tennessee, and Houston, who, let's face it, they could actually beat them a couple times this season. And if the Colts don't win the division, they for sure could make the wild card. And uh, the last team is—I um, don't want to sound like I'm a bandwagon, but the Chargers I think have a good time, have a good chance in making the playoffs this season. And now that I look back at it, I, you, you forget that the that the Colts, at the um, oh fuck, you know what? Uh, I'm hold on, I'm digressing. Uh, you forget that Brady's not in uh, New England, so take away New England and add the Chargers as the other wild card that makes Buffalo the number one seed in the AFC East, and. A little bit about the Chargers, I think, you know, you have a team that last season, people people might have thought that um, it's typical Chargers, and it, it is, you know. A lot of those games you you see, and you're just like, man, we could have, we should have won it. You know, one or two mistakes, like Melvin Gordon fumbling in the uh, in the end zone against the Titans, or, or Phillip Rivers just intercept, getting intercepted to end the game. I mean, there's so many ways that we lose, and it's just like typical Chargers loss, but... It's not like we play in a home field anyways. So the fact that we have you take away fans from this season and I don't think it helps the Chargers, but I definitely think that like there's um you know it, it won't affect them going into home and half the stadium in a big ass hundred thousand, you know, seat stadium. Half the fans are gonna be from the other team for sure. They couldn't even fill up the uh the Home Depot Center. I keep calling it Home Depot Center because I can't, I don't know the the new name for it. But, I mean, you can't even fill that stadium up and you, with your own fans. You're going to fill up 100,000 stadium with, with Charger fans? Like, no. When the when they play the Raiders, that stadium is going to be blacked out, man. And it sucks to say that, you know. And people might might say I'm wrong, but, I mean, a brand-new stadium with fans that you're trying to absorb, you're like the fourth team, third team to come to L.A. after the Raiders, after the Rams, twice. Now you're the third team to come here. You, you you don't have that many fans behind you, so man, I just keep rambling. Um, yeah, I, I give it to the Chargers, and uh, I kind of I realized that I I left the Buccaneers out. You know, I'm basically saying that that um that Brady won't make the playoffs, and uh, I'm looking at the NFC. And what do you guys think? I mean, take into consideration that you got four divisions and two wild card spo- two wild card spots, right? I'm basically saying that Minnesota. The only way I I feel like they can make it is a wild card spot, and it's true. I think they could make it. Yeah, if if I have to say a fifth option, I'll put the Buccaneers in there. You know, over the um, over the uh, who was the team I said? If I I you could you could put them in, in instead of the Cardinals easily. So that's a toss up right there. I, I kind of forgot that Brady was in the, the Buccaneers still, and um. So that's a fun one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see when the season starts. If I'm right or if I'm wrong. And I guess the last thing I want to talk about is um, talk a little bit about soccer, man. That yesterday was um, 
the Champions League quarterfinals saw Barcelona get destroyed by Bayern Munich 8-2. And uh, I don't talk too much about soccer because I don't watch it as much. But, um, man, this one just hurts because I, I've been a Barca fan for a while. I like Messi. I think that team was uh, was doing something right with their youth and their and just the way they play ball. So um, it, it kind of hurts to see uh, how fa- how much they've fallen. And I, I was talking to my buddy about it real quick on uh, just on commenting on you know on, on the on the score on Instagram, and I, I told him like, yeah, man, they've fallen so much. And he was defending him, saying, no, you can't give up on them. You know, I, there's no way that they they fallen. They're they're still the same Barca, and it's like. When I, when I say they've fallen, it's, I mean, um, they're not that team that people fell in love with back in 09 when they won the treble. Or even a couple years ago when they had, um, you know, Neymar. Big big squads, they, and when it comes to Champions League, I mean, they just, um, they just, they don't, they don't produce, you know. I mean, you have teams like Liverpool and Madrid and Atletico and Bayern. And these teams, the last couple of years are the ones that stand out for me in, in, as far as Champions League winners. Um and Barca just hasn't done it in a long time. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with just organization. They, they, they spend big money on players that don't end up being their 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 next Messi. You know, I feel that's what you have to be doing. Either you're developing the next Messi or you're buying the next Messi. And they've had a couple of names out there that are just... They haven't produced. Right now, that, that, that lineup, that midfield, you have Rakitic and Janic and you have um, Busquets... And you have um, De Jong and four guys all in their 30s. And I'm not saying that's like a bad thing, you know. But uh, you take that and you add that with Suarez in his 30s, Messi's in his 30s, Piquet's in his 30s, um, Jordi Alba's in his 30s. And there was that time in 09 where you saw the the big, you know, the big names like Xavi and Iniesta. And then you had guys that were coming up behind them, you know, guys like, um, like Jordi Alba, Jordi Alba was, was coming up and Busquets and Pedro and all these, all this, this youth was coming up. Joe, I think Giovanni was coming up. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels different. It's, it's not the same Barca I grew up watching. And I mean, I don't watch them too much anymore, but there was a point where they were unbeatable and maybe in Champions League they weren't, but I mean, something's got to happen in that team. Uh, like I said, I don't talk too much about soccer. I don't, I don't watch it that much. But it was just something I kind of felt like I wanted to just kind of get off my chest and, and bring it up again. Um, Champions League now, you have semifinals. It's, uh, oh, shit, what is it? I know PSG's in it. Um, Red Bull, Leipzig, something like that. Uh, Bayern Munich and there's one more German team. Oh, no, Lyon is a French team. Um, yeah, so, I mean... What's the next matchup right here? Oh, I just got a nice little gust of air right now. Oh, feels great. So, semifinal game is uh, on Tuesday. You have Red Bull, Leipzig versus... Oh, Leipzig. Leipzig versus PSG. And then you have on Wednesday, Lyon versus Bayern Munich. And if you watch soccer, you your big um, predictions are going to be, obviously, Bayern versus PSG. And that's going to be something that... I don't think anybody... I, I didn't expect that final coming into the, the Champions League. Uh, it'll be different. There's that joke, something about, like, Farmers League. I, I don't know what that means. I just saw it trending a lot recently, and uh, it's cool. I mean, you, you don't got England, Italy, or Spain in the finals or in the top four. So it's pretty cool to finally see um, 
new names out there. You know, you had teams like Atalanta from Italy that were that were on fire, and they they barely lost to PSG like in the last three minutes of the game on in the quarterfinals. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got for this week. Um, but yeah, it was fun going back to just a one man podcast. Uh, hopefully, Chris joins me next week. And uh, be on the lookout because I was talking about it last week too. Uh, my buddy Raymond, Alex, and Chris and I are gonna be coming up with the like a pop culture podcast where we talk about just movies, TV, um, Netflix, anything that has to do with like pop culture nerdy uh, stuff. We're gonna be having a little podcast talking about that stuff coming up. So be on the lookout for that. I kind of just want to throw it out there. And uh, if you guys aren't already following us on Instagram, follow us at Mighty Morphin Podcast Network. Um, you can follow me at Checo14 at C H E C O, the number four T E E N, at on Instagram, and follow me on Twitter uh, on Disclaimer Pod. And you can also follow the network on Mighty Morphin PN on Twitter. And then to listen to this, if you're however you guys are hearing this right now. You go on my bio on my Instagram and click on the link tree, and uh, you you'll find out where to listen to us on Google Podcasts or or Spotify or a couple other ones. We're trying to get on on Apple. That's the one I'm trying to get on, but it's taking a while. But um, that that's it for today's episode, and um, I'll see you guys later. Thank you. <laughs>